0: This programme was produced at and first aired on MPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand on air. Kapai Erarangi Temotu, MPR.
1: G'day and welcome to Manawatu Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national, and international news, interviews. And uh, the latest new releases brought to you by MPR, Battle of Two People's Radio. G'day, welcome to Battle of Two Metal, Heads Radio. This week we were lucky enough to talk to Matt from the band Sinner, and we also talked to Tony from the band Municipal Waste. Uh, we'll first all kick off with that uh, Tony interview. Um, but first, before we do that, we're going to have the latest, uh, well, one of the latest singles off their newest album, which is about to come out very shortly, "Electrified Brain," uh, and it's that title track, "Electrified Brain." After the interview, we'll have the another one of their singles, "High Speed Steel," for you to listen to. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR, 2 People's Radio. Something from the Ghost Lights album again. We're going to have the title track Ghost Lights, uh, and then we'll have something from the new album, uh, Avantasia, uh, a paranormal evening with the Moonlight Moonflower Society. And we're going to have the opening track with Welcome to the Shadows, it's absolutely killer. Enjoy. <laughs> Radio.
2: Look out. And And the shadows we dwell don't seem to be true.
1: song before we get into the interview and this is the track The Wicked Rule tonight. Absolutely killer. These first two tracks off the new album are absolutely uh top notch. Uh, so without further ado uh, here is uh the Wicked Rule the Night <laughs>
0: enjoying this podcast in Manawa 2 you could make your very own just like this one NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online check out nPR.nz for more information
1: good welcome Battle of Two Metal, Metalheads metal Radio Local, national and international News, interviews and uh, the latest new releases Brought to you by NPR Battle of Two People's Radio Okay, we're now going to kick straight into the interview With uh, Tobias Samet from the band Aventasia and Edguy uh, Absolutely killer interview, enjoy Today we're talking with Tobias Samet from the band Avantasia. Uh, they've just released A Paranormal Evening with the Moonlight Society. Just came out the 21st of October. Three singles released so far. Absolutely killer album. How are you today, Tobias?
3: I'm fine, absolutely. Thank you. How are you? Uh,
1: very good. Thank you, mate. Now, I'd like to first um, ask you about the, the artwork. Because, dude, you got some really killer artwork on there, and it, um, it, it transfers through to some of the videos, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is those uh, th- those videos have been done by several different people. and uh, But we have this certain aesthetic, and uh, those th- certain aesthetics uh, that are very, very uh, particular. And for some reason, they all adjusted to it. I mean, we started with the artwork, Alexander Janssen, a guy from Sweden who is... <laughs> doing children's books and <laughs> quite quirky children book uh, illustrations anyway but uh I, I like it I loved it and I immediately fell in love with his art and I said you have to work in, on on heavy metal or hard rock artworks and make it a bit more quirky and a bit more grotesque and then it's beautiful it's almost like Tim Burton's uh, aesthetics <laughs> and he came up with it and then after that all the people who did the videos they all adjusted to it and they all did their own interpretation of what he had been uh, defining at first. So yeah, it's great. Sometimes things fall into place. Sometimes they go terribly wrong. This time I think everything fell into place.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh dude, it comes across absolutely fantastic. eh? So, you know, uh, well done. Very well done. So could you tell us a little bit about the album? I mean, is there a concept? Is there stories like you normally do?
3: Uh, there is a concept, but I wouldn't really con- call it one story because um, I was, in brief, I was fed up with uh, having to stick to a plot and uh, feeling the core set of, uh, of a storyline that because it always l- limits you in terms of creative freedom when you, when you follow a plot on, a, on, a, on an album and you have those 11 songs with choruses and verses and the typical shapes and forms of musical rock and roll and heavy metal songs, you, um, you only have so many words to describe what you want to say. And when you explain a story to a listener, it takes up 80% of the lyrics and you have 20% left for poetry. Now, I, I'm first and foremost not a service provider. I want to play my music and create my music for myself. That's why I try to get a bit away of that concept. But I found a concept, which is, um, it's not a plot. It's like 11 songs, like a song cycle. And they all deal with escapism and uh, and what makes me want to escape. And I approached the album like a visit to a magic theater. Uh, and the spectator, gets there and he encounters weird um, protagonists that drag him into, or not weird, but very unique protagonists. So I put it this way and they drag him into a different world. And, and that's, that stands for what I experience whenever I close the studio door behind me and I get into my studio and I open up a door. I'm surrounded by, Ghosts and spirits and 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 uh, inspirations, muses, whatever, my ideas, my imagination, and it drags me to a different world. That that is, uh, well, it, that that's fantastic in a way, but that is not surreal to me. It's um, it's not running away from reality. It's just entering a different leg of reality. My imagination, and I try to transport. I tried to come up with that concept, or I came up with that concept, and tried to um, to base or to to yeah to paint eleven individual scenes and pictures surrounding that idea, and that gave me the chance to, on one hand, create fantastic, surreal, little fairy tale worlds, and at the same time to get a lot of things off my chest that I was carrying around with myself. So it was the best of both worlds, the best of. The best mix of a solo album and a fantastic, surreal journey to my nocturnal little fantasy world.
1: <laughs> oh, mate, that's absolutely fantastic! So, with that, um, with the um, you, you've got a quite a lot of guest stars on there, some pretty epic people. Um, when it came to the writing, did you write those parts with them in mind, or was that something that came later?
3: Uh, you what do you mean exactly the lyrics and the music they were
1: or, or yeah the the lyrics and the music I mean or did the um artists write their i mean they wouldn't have written their own lyrics uh, I sh- when you were writing these songs did you have people in mind or was it I, I, okay that I, I, I don't, I don't yeah um well, it,
3: it's there's no rule without an exception um I wrote some of the stuff. Uh, certainly with people in mind. And it's really funny because my imagination works quite, um, (laughs) it's quite interesting uh, because when I write a song with, with Mickey Kiske in mind or Jeff Tate, I know exactly immediately that they will be the singers. And then when I have the song, the melodies and the harmonies in my mind, and I imagine what it would be like once they have sung what I hear in my imagination is very similar to what I finally hear when it comes out of my speakers, when they actually have sung the song. So when I write with Michi Kiske in mind and Jeff Tate, Bob Catley also, I think their vocals are so deep down in my DNA that uh, because I was listening to them when I was a kid and and ever after, uh, that to me, it's almost like they're sitting next to me and, and sing the song and hum along while I'm writing it. (laughs) <laughs> which is, it's pretty weird to describe. Sometimes on the other hand, it's, you write a piece of music and you think, Oh, who could be the singer? And you think, Oh, like in, I tamed the storm. I didn't know it was going to be yawn. Um, I wrote the song and to me, it sounded like a modern version of an Iron Maiden ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I thought, uh, okay, um, that could be, that could be a yawn track and, and yawn. Just by singing it, even though he was singing My Lines, um, he, he shaped the song completely his way. Um, and A good example is also the two songs with Floor Janssen. I asked her if she wanted to be part of it, and she said yes, without having heard a tune. So I sent her the tune that I had written, I think, like three years ago. It was written during the session for the Moon Glow album misplaced among the angels because i thought it was a beautiful track for floor to sing i Mm -hmm. sent it to her and she said "Hmm, not so sure uh it's a it's a great track but my my range is a bit higher usually so maybe it's a bit too low and i said never mind don't bail out on it give me a few days i'm going to write you another track and i wrote kill the pain away for her and that was written specifically with her mind and she she got the song. She said, Oh, beautiful. I'm going to record in my own studio. She did that. And once she got back to me with a finished track, she said, and by the way, I listened to the other track as well. Again, a couple of times and I became acquainted with it and uh, it's absolutely cool too. It worked to my surprise. So you have two tracks now. So we have those two beautiful tracks with Floor Jansen. One is an example for it's been tailor-made for her. And the other one is a track that was just written Without her in mind, and it can work both ways. So, it's there's no there's no real rule.
1: Oh, mate, that is absolutely magical. So, how many of the guys did you get to, or the people did you get to be able to be in studio with you, and and how many of them were having to uh, record in other studios across the globe?
3: Oh, this time, this time we were all in different studios. We were all because of the COVID situation and. In the past, you know, I always tried to to. I prefer to work with people in a studio. In the past, uh, not with everybody it was possible, but um, sometimes, you know, with Jorn and Jeff and 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 Herbie and uh, some of the stuff we did on previous albums was done with them there. For this album, it was really remote working, and now I know what you will what you think. Most of the time people think, oh, yeah, it's a typical studio project. It's like everybody's working their own little basement studios. And then you knock all the shit together and then you come up with, with a jigsaw puzzle that's been artificially put together. No, but I think really still, I think these days it's so, it's so easy to work with each other and very closely tied to each other, even though you're not in the same place or even on the same continent. It's You can be in touch all the time. and um, I try to avoid having people record in, in, in cheap home studios. I try to get them in good-sounding surroundings. That's very important. But also, I think this whole Avantasia thing, it has become so much more than just an artificial remote studio project. We know each other so well, and we're in close contact everybody we have this whatsapp group and every every day there's (laughs) i don't know 15 20 30 sometimes as text messages flying in everybody making stupid jokes and so -hmm. it's really like a family (laughs) and um yeah and that, that makes it easier to stay connected even though you're remotely working because of also of course because of the situation everybody knows what it was like with the covid shit and lockdown and travel restrictions and it didn't necessarily make things easier
1: I certainly didn't did it <laughs> so no. you, you've covered quite a bit of it but could you tell us a little bit more about your writing and recording process and and how that started and I mean because you've said that I mean some of these songs were written way like three years ago and all that sort of stuff I mean how much of that was um yeah could you tell us a little bit more about that
3: um I think most of the stuff was written in, I think, 2019 and mostly 2020. Um, I had few songs left over from previous sessions because sometimes I don't have use for a track and I put it on the back burner like Arabesque and I'm Misplaced Among the Angels. I think those two tracks are leftovers from the Moon, moon Glow writing sessions. Um, well, writing session is actually the wrong word because I don't do writing sessions i'm I'm writing myself so I don't have to set up a session. I have an idea whenever I have an idea it may be you know um in the bathroom or it may be in my car or it may be in in may happen in 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 bed it can occur everywhere sometimes I go to the piano and I just play around and it's like it's like fishing you just get you you're prepared and you're there and you're playing and you wait until it bites and <laughs> it, uh, it takes the hook. And then all of a sudden, oh, that was great. That was a great tune. Uh, that was a great melody, great harmony. And then you try to repeat it and you try to capture it. And I have like, I, I gather those ideas, I collect those ideas. And then whenever I've, I'm in the right mindset and the right mood, I work from there. And I, I, some of them, most of them actually, when they're good melodies and good harmonies and good passages, I also remember them. And then they come back to me, and then I, I work on it. And at some point, when it comes time to write an album, in quotation marks, to create an album, to start actually working with a more strict process, then I'm going to the studio and I start. I start to arrange things, and this time it was quite a bit different. In the past, I would have, I would have made notes and I would have structured the song on paper and with a little tape even back then and i would have gone to uh, sasha and said okay let's let's put this in in shape and let's let's record uh, program drums on it and stuff like that now i did everything myself i did all the demos myself because i was remotely working on my own i had just built a new studio and i was going to my basement and i started from scratch from a white shed of paper um drums bass guitars programmed um i program the guitars or play them with a keyboard rarely with a real guitar uh, just layouts, and i do everything myself until the song is structured and it's the song and you can really hear and some of those versions are pretty close to what you hear on the album for example i think um i think if you listen to the demo of um Welcome to the Shadows, that's very, very close to the final version. The only difference is the real drums we used afterwards and the the guitars that we had, which don't play a very dominant role in that song. Anyway, um, this time I made the sketches and the layouts of the songs really, really, I defined everything and I made complete demos and that's why it's such a personal album. Whereas in the past, I also enjoyed going to Sasha and working on the songs that i had written myself but arranging them together and say oh maybe we should cut four bars here and do it a little bit differently so we were more producing it together this time uh, i was i had to do more things but i also enjoyed it because i had nothing else to do it was a lockdown (laughs) Uh, what can you do you're sitting at home i'm a pretty lousy bricklayer bad plumber I can't do anything. I was sitting at home in my little studio with the world falling apart. And and I said, "Okay. Well, now that I'm here, why not Why not write and produce an album?"
1: All right. <laughs> oh, and that's a, a lot of people are in the same boat, mate, and the the beauty of that is we're, we're, that we're, getting all, some, yeah. we're getting some amazing music at the moment, so you know, I mean there has to be a blessing through all of that. <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if if we're lucky and have another lockdown, we're all going to have a lot of time to listen to all that stuff that we <laughs> recorded in the second, third, and fourth lockdown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate. That's right. So um, uh, you covered a lot of it in what you've just said, but um, how does the music come to you? I mean, do you, uh, is it something that you might just hear a little melody here and there, or um, do do you get visuals, or, or how does it come to you personally? I mean, yeah.
3: I don't really, I don't really know. It's hard to describe. I just, it's really funny. I just had a conversation with Rodney Matthews last week. We had a phone call, um, um, a cover of painter, he's an artist. We spoke about creativity and uh, it was really funny because he said, I get often asked, like, how, how, how are you creative? And it's so hard to describe. We both agreed it's so hard to describe because you never know. I believe, and that's just a theory. I believe that we're constantly creative everybody of us, and that those moments when we think we are creative, when we capture the idea, when we reap the ideas from our subconscious, I think that's only the 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 top of the iceberg I think that's just that's just when 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 the when the volcano erupts but I think you know the whole thing the whole boiling and bubbling is going underneath all the time so I think we're constantly Our chalice is constantly being filled. And at some point, there's so much pressure, it comes out. And that's sometimes three o'clock at night. Another story when I wrote for this new album, Welcome to the Shadows, Uh, that song, for example, came together, I had never something like that. I woke up at one o'clock in front of my TV, which is not not, not a surprise because I fell asleep in front of the TV three hours before. (laughs) So, So no magic yet. (laughs) <laughs> At this point <laughs> Anyway I woke up and there was John Carpenter's Christine Was on oh, nice. and Of course I had seen the movie many times And I saw some I watched it and thought oh, it's, a, it's still a scary movie A bit weird but scary Anyway what caught my attention was For the first time in a way that it never had before Was the soundtrack And I thought It's great how he managed to use all these vintage from today's perspective, relatively cheap-sounding synthesizers and orchestrated them with different layers to a very, very creepy and scary soundtrack, a very strong impact with weird, with weird um, tools, in a way. And I thought, okay, in Epic Metal, everybody is either using Final Countdown keyboards of Europe or they are trying to use an orchestra and uh well and i'm guilty myself but that's the way we usually use keyboards so i said okay that's interesting i want to i want to find those sounds i want to play with those sounds and i got all my old synthesizer stuff set up and the sounds that i have the sound banks uh and i tried to play around with old synthesizer sounds with vintage relatively cheesy and cheap stuff and i i modified the sounds and played around with it and filtered them and And I played and played and played and Welcome to the Shadows came together. It was so inspiring to play with a new soundscape, having entered a new world of sound, which hadn't entered my mind before, um, that I played around with it. And all these melodies and all this, all that stuff literally wrote itself. It just came. It just came because I had found a new way to channel my creativity. And that was an exciting experience for me as well, because the song was written within, I would say, three or four hours. The whole song was written. It took me maybe maybe two days from the first note that I, that I played to the last word that I sung on the demo. And so that was, that was a strange experience for me as well. So um, what I want to say is you never really know where creativity comes from. I think uh, you have to be pre- prepared and you have to have the tools and the knowledge and the experience to reap when it comes time to reap what is bubbling underneath, and uh, and I think that's that's my job as a as an artist is to to um, to get the skills and to m- maintain the skills to to reap and do something with what wants to get out of me. A lot of what I do is based on therapy. It's letting off pressure. Sometimes I sit at the piano and I just play, just to express something just to write a letter that i never send i just do it it makes me feel better i don't i go there with a high blood pressure and i leave it with a lower blood pressure (laughs) if you know what i mean it's it's just getting things off my chest it's and it's like i do it in music as lyrically and uh yeah and sometimes you you go oh that's great that that's worth sharing with the world (laughs) and uh yeah that's what i that's basically what i do
1: Oh, we're very lucky, Tobias. We you know, we appreciate it, mate. Uh, <laughs> you know, and that's it. I mean, that that's what music's all about. And you know, it's, uh, we're very lucky for people like yourself, and you know, because it inspires some of us that aren't quite so musically talented.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Thank you. No, I'm I just. I think the key to everything is when people ask me, how, "How do you do this?" or "How could we do that?" or "How would I do that?" I think the most important thing is passion. I think, and that sounds cheesy. It sounds like a cheap calendar, ma'am. Um, but it's those, those tear off calendars, like uh, smile <laughs> it makes other people happy and stuff. No, the thing is really, if you're doing it for the right reasons, which is passion, which is expressing yourself, which is enjoying what you do, you're invincible. Nothing can hurt you. Not the worst cr- review in the world, not the worst criticism in the world. If you're, at peace with yourself, and you do what you do, you will have the biggest chance to to find other people who also enjoy it. Because if you truly enjoy what you do, you will have the um, you will you will have the endurance to go on and get better. And that's you have to enjoy what you do. Otherwise, you will get an ulcer and, and burn out. So, <laughs> yeah, I I enjoy what I do, and I think that's that's the key. I think that's the same for every football, every professional football player or, or sportsman or artist or whatever in every, every field of life.
1: Oh, that's it. That's it. Hey, um, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, we've got to wrap it up very shortly. I've only got a few minutes left with you. Uh, but first off, um, are you going to, did you get to do a release show and are you going to be able to take the, the group out on tour?
3: Um, well tour is a is a big word these days. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna play shows. I, I'm not sure if the concept of sixty shows in a row with a tour bus and everything set up back to back, if that concept is is working these days, it certainly got more difficult because of the world economic situation and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, in a nutshell, yeah, we wanna we want to take it on the road. and we will, in some form, but I'm not sure it's going to be like 25 shows in Europe and then 10 shows South America and then this, then that. Um, or if it's more a bit of, okay, we're going here, we're going there. I think there was talk even about Australian shows. Oh, mate, they um, were fantastic. Yeah, there was, there was talk about it. And uh, there probably is still talk about it. So I really want to make this work. But I can't say anything. It has to be connected to... And now I don't know anything. That's the thing. It's it's It has to be connected to, to Asia. So it's, yeah. all, it's all a matter of how we can put it together and how it's going to work and if it's going to be um, economically doable. Uh, still a lot of question marks. But I can tell you there is talk and there was serious talk about it. So let's see.
1: Oh, well, fingers crossed, mate. That would be absolutely brilliant. Okay, so I've got one last question for you before we let you go because we are very quickly running out of time, um, and that is words of advice for young musicians.
3: Um, as I, <laughs> you have to have a, a, a capacity for suffering, <laughs> certainly. <laughs>
2: sure
3: uh, and You have to be patient and you have to work hard, and you have, and that's the most important thing which I just said, you have to do it with passion, because only passion makes it worthwhile to fail. You know, when you're passionate about what you do and you don't succeed and you don't convince other people, you still hold something in your hand that you had passion when you were doing it, uh, you had passion with when you were doing it and you had passion, you have passion and and you feel the fire and you have a good feeling when you listen to it, when you look at it, if you painted it. Um, And that's the most important thing. You have to be at peace with what you do and then it doesn't hurt. When somebody else says, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, well, then fuck you. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, if you have passion doing it, you will be convincing and you will learn to become convincing and you will obviously have the biggest chance to be successful and be happy with what you're successful. And uh, so I think it's just enjoy what you do. Um, It's difficult. You have to have a capacity for suffering. But if you enjoy what you do, then it will never be in vain.
0: If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app.
1: Battle of Two Metal, Metal Heads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two People's Radio. And for this section we're going to be playing some Halloween themed tracks. First off we're going to have Marilyn Manson with This Is Halloween. Um, And then we're going to go straight into Halloween from the band Halloween and it is a live version and absolutely killer
2: for the next surprise! Skeleton Jack might get you in the bed and scream like a banshee make you jump out of your skin! This is Halloween, everybody scream! Won't you please make me for a very special guy? Oh, man, Jack is king of the fucking patch! Everyone hail to the fucking king!
1: To Metalheads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR Metal to People's Radio. to shut up this section with something from Glenn Danzig and uh, the band The Misfits with uh, two uh, or the track Halloween and Halloween 2. Uh, enjoy some of my favourite Halloween tracks. <laughs>
0: this show, and others like it, by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.
1: G'day and welcome to Metal, Metalheads Radio, local, national and international news, interviews, and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, of Two Peoples Radio. for this last section we're revisiting a, an interview that we have with vader uh, we're going to have a track or two before and after so um enjoy this is way back um from 2016 we're going back and celebrating some of the interviews and stuff that we've had over the last 10 years because uh, that's how long we've been doing the show now so that's what we're kind of celebrating at the end of each show now um so they're coming next year so i thought oh we'll revisit a vader interview so without further ado here's some vader and an interview enjoy Welcome to Battle 2 Metal Metalheads Radio, local, national and international on Access Battle 2 Triple This is a heavy metal disclaimer. This show may contain content which may offend someone out there. These are views reflected by the presenters and not that of the station. Feel free to contact us if you have any issues. And for this section of the show, we were lucky enough to talk to James Stewart, the drummer for the band Vader. So before the interview, we're going to have two tracks uh, off their previous album, Where Angels Weep and Go to Hell. Uh, Then we're going to have the interview, and then we're going to have two tracks off the new album or the album about to be released, um, Pray to the God of War and Parabellium. So, um, without further ado, we'll get in with uh, two tracks and then the interview. No. album in about a week and a half um that must have you pretty amped james yeah
4: yeah we're really we're really excited you know we can't the reviews are starting to come in now and people are liking it which is always a big sigh of relief and then we can't wait to get out and start playing the stuff on the road excellent excellent
1: um so how much um of this uh the writing and the recording process do you personally get involved in is it something that what Peter goes away
4: writes a whole lot of stuff comes to you guys, or
1: how do, how do you guys work as a band?
4: So um, Pete will write most of the material still, and he will he will start by writing the structures. So he actually start he's got like the full song in his head and he starts with the structure, and then we'll we'll jam it out. At this point, I still haven't heard any. Any riffs or anything like that, and then, and then I I lay it down. I laid. I actually record the drums after that. So this is all done either just before the studio or in the studio, and then the riffs are written over the top. So he's got he's got a vague idea for the riffs, but he doesn't. It doesn't. He doesn't get the full full feeling until the drums are actually down, which is a kind of unusual way to work, but it does produce some interesting results.
1: Well, that's sort of right, help. and it must sort of help him in the sense that he'll have a certain vision and then you guys can come along and tweak it a little bit. Yes, and
4: then, well, I mean, to, to answer the question, the 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 um, the, the uh, influence I have, or I'm responsible for just making the drums as, as good as possible, so I have complete freedom over the drums um, as long as it fits in that, that structure, you know, so I try and make the drums as interesting and as... Not, not typical death metal playing as, as possible, but still keep the aggression.
1: Well, that's what you guys are known for. So, could you tell us a little bit about the artwork? I mean, was that something, do you know who did that, or um, was it something that, that it was involved? <coughs> that, was, in the
4: that was Joe Pentagno who did uh, the Iron Times EP and Tibia Igni as well. I don't know. I don't know. It was it was done between those two, so I don't know much about the process, about how it came about or anything like that. I don't know much about the the story behind it, but I um. But uh, I know who did it. Yeah, that was Joe, who did. It. He was also famous, of course, for for Motorhead's artwork.
1: Oh, yes, it's nice, ah, huh? interesting. Well, it's nice to have that going on as well, eh? Yeah,
4: we've he's been he's been working with us for a little while now, and he's he's done some really cool some really cool covers for us. Oh, wicked!
1: Because you, oh, you personally have been in the band since about two thousand. Yeah, about, is that it's right?
4: just over five years now.
1: Excellent. So, what, excellent. So, what were you doing before that?
4: And so I was playing in a band called Divine Chaos, I still am, by the way, and which is which is thrash metal, which I saw sort of like more progressive or technical thrash metal. Oh so
1: yes, it'd be a little bit different doing. Oh so yes, it'd be a little bit different yes, doing. Death. Yeah. Excellent, but I don't know how it keeps you, it keeps you sort of, um, being I guess, fresh and everything with being able to, you know, smash out a few. Well, it's
4: it's not too it's not as far removed from vader as it sounds um, you know vader has been has certainly been an influencing factor in the band in in divine chaos's songwriting you know you can if you listen to a few riffs you can actually hear that there is there is a little bit of influence there and we we have toured together which is how i met the vader guys originally and that was a big influence on the band's songs that were written after that period you know
1: Oh wicked, because I was gonna ask you a little bit about how you came to
4: Yeah, I'm normally really, pretty prepared for that question, so to speak. <laughs> After five years, I still get that
1: one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So um. little awesome. so, um, touring um must be lots of fun getting out and, and during the do you get to do much of the, like the Euro uh, festivals and things like that I mean you guys have got some yes yeah I mean so, so
4: this year we did we were lucky enough to have a, a really good festival season so we had uh Vacan the Summer Breeze uh Fall of Summer was really cool um Chisannuf in Poland is a, is a really nice festival we've had uh Oh, Oh, we had a few more, but I can't recall them right now. But there were some really, really good ones. Uh, you know, we, we were drunk. I don't remember the rest of them. <laughs> it's awesome. They were big. I, I remember the parties, but <laughs> I don't awesome. remember
2: exactly
1: yeah. which festival. Yeah, first yeah. Oh, it, it's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, it, it's quite cool because I mean I'm over here in New Zealand and. Um, We see that sort of thing from here and go, oh, wow, that would just be so cool. And as um, the years have progressed, people are starting to venture over there a bit more and go see the festivals. And so we're slowly getting to see some of our friends posting photos and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the
4: European festival scene is is really good. And it was a shame, actually, that Soundwave, well, everything that happened with Soundwave, because that was a really good so the you know, bands going to that festival, you know, were really big, solid. It was the biggest festival by far in... in I know it was only Australia, but still, it's a much shorter hop than, than Europe.
1: Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. And it was pretty good for the New Zealand music scene as well because we did get bands that would come over. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, um, and
4: it it was a real Australia. shame that there's, that there's so, nothing to... Well, I mean, it's... It was a it was a really big ambitious idea, and I, I'm assuming you just ran out of money to pay everybody. That's probably what really happened.
1: Yeah, well, well there, there is talk of download festival We're actually coming down and doing a, a an Australian edition. Um, oh, that's, there is still that's really good. That's Still coming.
2: So
4: difficult to get
1: bands Because it's so difficult to get bands yeah, it, so band No, they are, they are, and it's the
4: last the last one for us to do really. Australia, and New Zealand.
1: Uh, it's the last place. <laughs> oh, well, you um, know, you'd be welcome That's out. the last
4: place we really are desperate to to get to. But over in Europe, yeah, we're really spoiled for um, for our festivals. Oh, that's
1: right. And it's like I had a friend that came over from Spain. And oh, that's right. And it's like I had a, a friend that came over from Spain and, and lived in New Zealand for a while, and he used to just tell me these stories about, you know, shooting. Yeah, yeah, it's...
4: Oh man. it's a really there's, <laughs> so I mean you've got Hellfest, Grass Pop, uh Vacuum Summer Breeze and you know they're, they're all so close to each other really yeah well that's it uh, yeah. people are coming over and
1: doing two or three shows yeah well that's it. it I mean people are coming over and doing two or three shows two or three festivals yeah, yeah they're, you know, they're, they're really close week together and time
4: wise they're pretty close to each other as well so it's so, yeah, we're really spoiled over in Europe. But it's, it's good to know there might be an opportunity oh, to, to do a festival over, over, over in Australia and New Zealand at some point.
1: Yeah, well, we're hoping things are going to start Hello? to escalate a bit more soon. Because yeah, yeah We did get spoilt whilst... No, you know, we are you there still? Wave, so we yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, um, you know, we did get spoiled with Soundwave, so we were very, 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 very lucky. Um, so... Um, I've only got a few questions before we let you go, and that is, um, what would you describe as one of your career highlights so far? I mean, one of those festivals, or, or, or what would um, you describe as one of your career highlights? Well, there's
4: been, even in five years, you know, there's been there's been a lot of really, really good high points. Like touring with Creator, that was that was a, that was a that was an amazing tour a couple of years ago or releasing the first Vader album I ever played on, Tibia Igni, that being released a couple of years ago, that was also, of course, a high point. Um, I'm hoping that this one is also going to be a high point. We'll see. I mean, I'm certainly very happy with the playing, but we'll we'll see in a couple of weeks whether or not everybody takes to it or not. Um, My first Vader gig ever, of course, was was a... um, was another high point. You know, we were playing in a in a stadium in Poland, supporting Morbid Angel and Judas Priest. So that's that was a that was a sort of that was a really you nice know, start. But there's there's been so many. You know, every almost you know all the major festivals have been have been highlights. You know, they've been all of them have been so good, so fun to play. Um, try you know, it's, trying to make every tour. You know, trying to find a highlight at least on every tour, or you know, every time we do a festival or something like that. You know, so it's so there's so many to choose from, but those are just some of them.
1: Oh no, no, that's yeah, really sure,
4: fantastic.
1: Well, I've got one last question for you before we go, and uh, that is:
4: uh, I mean, the of advice, advice I give for musicians? musicians, young and old, really, is to try is to support the to support the local scene, you know. Try and get out to as many gigs as you can. Support as many young local bands as you can, even if they're even if they're shit. Because the only way they're going to improve is if people come down and support them. And then that's when, you know, that's when you you build a scene and you get the opportunity to have bigger bands come come and um, play shows. And then, um, you know, and then the scene the scene grows. You know.